What is up, everybody? I am George Mossy. Please say hello to my co-host, Sharona. So, 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way, Season 4, Episode 8 on The George Mossy Show. It has aired. There's a lot to talk about. Everyone was present on this episode. And I want to talk about how the show started. So, right, we saw Nicole and Mahmood, and they were having a good day, which is a very rare thing for us watching Nicole and Mahmood. So, they were getting along, and he was actually taking his uncle's advice and teaching Nicole about his religion and about his culture. And he decided to take it upon himself to teach her how to pray. And it was going really well. That that actually was one of the one scenes where I actually, for one second, forgot that this relationship is doomed. I was like, for one possible split second, I was like, can this work? Can they actually tolerate each other long enough to not like fight? And then I realized... Once they got to the pool and she told us what was going to happen with the swimsuit, I was like, nope, it's still doomed. There's no hope. It's not going to work. But I do want to say this because I was watching the episode and I was like, I'm going to have to place some more blame on Mahmoud. I know that I've been kind of blaming Nicole a lot, but it kind of hit me. I was like, Mahmoud lives in Cairo, Egypt, where he is surrounded by women of his culture and of his religion who are single. Um, and he decided to pick an American woman that he saw in Cairo, and then he's trying to impose his religion on her. And he keeps saying, I don't force anything on her. But in the end, it's not really his choice or hers. It's part of being a, a Muslim wife and living in this region and in this culture. And Nicole is being very, like, unreceptive to anything that has to do with his religion. In fact, she put on this full body swimsuit and then didn't wear the hijab to finish off the swimsuit outfit. And it's like, that was the whole purpose. And hair must be covered. So it's like, yes, you have to cover your body, but especially your hair, like that's not a question. And it's like, how much can Mahmoud try and do to change how she feels? And it's like, at that moment, I kind of realized, I was like, this is like a 50-50 split of blame because Mahmoud could have easily picked a woman who was already of this religion, who already enjoyed covering her hair, enjoyed wearing these type of clothes, enjoyed wearing these type of swimsuits, but he decided to pick the hardest possible choice. An American woman, not only an American woman, a Los Angeles woman who is living a lifestyle of fashion and everything that she does, especially her hair, it's all, it's all a statement. So I was just watching it and I was like, when they got to the point where she was freaking out in the street, and he was like, well, get it together or we're not going to be together or we're going to get divorced. And I was like, that is the best idea. I was like, that is literally the best idea because you put yourself in this situation, Mahmoud, and I have to put some more blame on you because I've been really hard on Nicole. But this is hard for her. But it's even worse because there is probably so many women that he could have chosen from in his religion and his culture. But he chose a difficult person and i don't want to put it on like her as a difficult human being just a difficult person to change nicole isn't someone that wants to change like he said in the episode if he had like a normal egyptian wife this wouldn't be happening so maybe you should have thought about that before you picked someone from the united states from la who is into fashion and looking nice and from the beginning i'm pretty sure he knew she didn't want to change yes she converted but she's seems pretty vocal so i know from the beginning it was probably not very smooth either where he's she's like oh yeah i'll just cover my hair and do all these things for you like i don't really see that happening so why didn't you <laughs> no. think about that before he married her i don't know like you said it's a 50 50 blame 
like you said, the best thing that Macklemore has ever said this entire season is let's get divorced. Absolutely. I was like, end it now, because this is torture, not just for Mahmoud, but for his family, for everyone around. Because in Cairo, Egypt, you know, they expect when they see a woman out on the street to have her head covered because she converted to, to this religion. And it's she's almost tormenting them and tormenting their their culture and beliefs. And like, we would never do that. Like, we wouldn't go to a certain part of any state in the U.S. and know, like, go to the Amish part of the town and, and mock those people and mock them and not do what they consider to be right. We would never do that. So her going over there and doing that is almost like tormenting and mocking them. And it's hard because she was the way she, like you said, the way she behaved in the street, yelling, swinging her arms, making it though she was going to hit him. That is completely unheard of there. Women are not allowed to behave that way. And I just feel like she's putting her danger and also Mahmoud is in danger too because people in culture are questioning why he's allowing his wife to behave that way so I just think like you said it divorce it now get it get it done sign the paperwork Nicole come back home you know come back home you there is a man for you who will accept you for the way you are how you look how you dress everything about you is fine you don't need to change and I know you love each other because like I said there was a little split second in this episode where I was like wait can they make this work? They actually love each other. Can they? No, there's a guy who is going to love you just the way you are. Just just don't think about changing. And I know you've been pretty um, rigid with your beliefs. And I like that about you. And I feel like Mahmoud can't appreciate that because it's just not who he is. So I'm waiting to see how this goes. I know next episode, she's basically like, I'm getting out of here. And girl, go like I will send you a ticket. Come back. It is time for you to go. All right, so I want to jump over to Columbia real quick, and I want to talk about Chris and Jamie. So apparently, Chris is feeling better, and we've seen her kind of laid up in the bed for days since she got there. She wasn't even able to meet Jamie's friends who are going to be doing her makeup for the wedding. And the first day that she's feeling better, it happens to be her and Jamie's anniversary, one year since they started talking. And they're going glamping. And it's funny because the first time I ever heard that term was when we were watching Milf Manor. And I figured out what glamping was. So now I feel so cultured now. So when they brought it up, I was like, oh, I know what that is. I learned that on Milf Manor. See, see, who says you don't learn stuff on the TLC channel? It's the learning network. I learned that. I know what that is. So she takes Jamie glamping. And it's not just this trip to go glamping. It's actually the first in-person proposal that she's given to Jamie. Because apparently we know Chris proposed to Jamie one month after they started talking online. And then several other times throughout this year. But this was the proposal where she gave her the ring. Jamie said yes. And it was a really nice moment. It was beautiful. And then we learned that Jamie's mom or family, nobody actually, is going to be coming to the wedding because they're not accepting of Jamie and her choice to be a lesbian. And that really hurt because I was like, I couldn't imagine getting married or literally doing anything like that without my mom and family and people there. So the idea that Jamie is happy and celebrating and ready for this wedding and is going to look beautiful and pick out her dress and she can't share that with anyone in her family it really sucks yeah it was really sad like like you said the whole moment was so beautiful like it was so cute that they went glamping i mean that's so trendy in california so people do it here all the time <laughs> it's just so funny that you didn't know what it was i love that no clue <laughs> <laughs> so i love that they picked that as their like little getaway for her to like propose and how she put like the marry me with the roses that was so cute and like you said it's so sad because like those are the pictures and the memories you want to like 
tell your family, tell your friends. Luckily, she has her friends that are supportive. But how sad is it that she can't, like, call her mom or, like, whoever else in her family and be like, hey, I'm engaged. Look how cute this was. This was, like, the best night of my life. Like, it's so sad. I just, I don't know. I don't like that for her. I wish that she had, like, some support from her family and that they would be at the wedding. Just one person. Like, because she was, like, no one from my family. It would be impossible. And it really hurt me because I was, like, not one single person is going to share this joy with you. I don't care how their feelings or beliefs are. You just put it aside and you show up and you support, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was, like, that sucks for her because she is such a loving person and you know that she was raised by loving accepting people because that's how she is as a person so the idea that they can't put differences aside just to accept their own family member for who they are it's really heartbreaking and we've been seeing a lot of this on i day fiance families are like the main reason why people can't be themselves and it's like we got to stop that guys love your family for who they are exactly how they were born and what they love and what they want to do. Please, we have to stop telling people and dictating to people what they can and can't do. It's just not a good practice and it's not a good look. It's really not. Yeah, I really hope that we can like see families coming together, even though in, you know, like in different countries and different cultures, things are not ex widely as accepted as they are here in the United States. But let's just hope that one day we'll see everyone just be able to be happy with their families. Speaking of families, so we found out last week that Jen was on a 30-day visa, which she thought was a four-month visa. But apparently the visa expired in four months. But once you enter India, the visa is now no good. And it's, well, I don't want to say it's no good, but you can't use it to re-enter. Once you enter and leave, the, the paperwork is irrelevant. Throw it away. You have to do a new one. So she's going back after 30 days with Rishi. Oh, two years apart. So she was, they were apart for two years because of COVID. She only got 30 days with Rishi. And, and within that 30 days, Rishi was zero points closer to telling his family that they were engaged. But he did give Jen another ring and reproposed to her. Um, to, you know, prove how serious he was about making this work, even though that she was going to be gone, which it was a nice proposal. But again, actions, 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 Rishi, because if you really wanted this to work, you would speed up the process of telling your family so you could get married. And that would be a step closer to Jen permanently being in your life. Because who's to say that this isn't another two-year process? You know, how long is it going to take until you're ready to have her in your life and do the things that you promised. And this was kind of a walk of shame for Jen because she had to go back to Oklahoma to her family, especially her brother, Charles, who was never a fan of Rishi, never a fan of her going to India. And he was like, so tell me about your trip. You know, tell me what happened. And she's like, oh, well, he didn't tell his family. I was his friend. And Charles is like, this is all what I said was going to happen. And it's like, Jen wanted to show off her ring have everybody be happy but it was kind of a walk of shame because the family from mom was like this is what we were trying to warn you about he's not doing the things that he says he's going to do now he talks a good game but he's not doing those things he's not telling his family he didn't do anything when he found out that that was a 30-day visa that would have been the perfect time to say let's go to my parents house let's tell them what's going on let's at least set a date to get married so then we can apply for an extension to your visa that would have shown seriousness and it's like we see that rishi loves jen but you know lots of guys love you know the other woman or you know there is their secret girlfriend that they're hiding in an apartment on the other side of town jen is looking to be his wife 
So is Rishi ever going to make that happen? Honestly, I feel like the whole like second proposal was like what he always does because he's always doing something to smooth over what she really wants is for the family to know and for them to get married and for him to like get in gear and do this because it's been two years. Like you said, like when he heard that, he should be like, okay, we're going to like the embassy. We're going to figure this out. We're going to get you to stay. But instead he's like, oh, it's okay. I'll just give you this other ring. You'll be fine. You'll be back eventually. Like what? I just, that blew my mind. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not here for it. Rishi, come on. Don't do my girl Jen like this. She should have, I don't know. She should have still been there. He should have done something. Well, right. The the lawyer said if there was a date that they could set, I know that she didn't want to marry him right away, but if they could even just set a date in the future, they could possibly apply for some sort of extension or make some sort of exception because that you could prove that there was going to be a wedding. You were engaged. You could prove that. But it's not even that close because his family not only doesn't know they have to accept it because like her mom said their culture is not something where you go against your parents this is something that you in their culture you live with them forever like i couldn't imagine when my mom comes to visit down from the south oh man (laughs) i count down the days mom i love you so much but like when you come into my home and you like try to control everything and stuff like it is so difficult so the idea that their culture is you live with your parents forever it's like Oh man, I don't even know how I would be able to handle that. And then in-laws, in-laws can be like literally the meanest people. Every time I think of in-laws, I think of JLo and Monster-in-Law and how they they literally basically almost killed each other. They couldn't get along. And I'm just thinking, dang, that's how Indian culture really is. That's like that ongoing war between mom and daughter-in-law. Like I can't even imagine. So Rishi, Please step it up because my girl Jen is looking to be a wife. She even went to your Indian wife course. You know, she took it in stride. You know, she is ready. So the only person who's not ready here is you. And we're waiting. We're looking at our watches and we're waiting for Rishi to step up. So Rishi, please step up. We're waiting for you. That's it for part one. We're going to come back with part two because we have to talk about Debbie and Osama and the time that she had on this camel. And then I'm super worried about Gabe because Gabe has began the process of telling Isabel's parents what's going on, guys. I'm George Mossy. Please make sure you're following me on all social media platforms at George Mossy, georgemossy.com. And anywhere you get your podcast, please follow my co-host Sharona too. Her links are right here at the bottom. This is the George Mossy Show, and we'll talk to all of you guys really soon.